Uh, I got a lot to say today, and I, I believe it's going to be a great blessing to you, but let's pray and believe God together. Father, thank you. It's been a great opportunity to worship you and to sing these songs today. We believe that it's opened up our hearts now to to put the incorruptible, sow the incorruptible Word of God into a heart that's now ready to receive it. We believe because of that, it's going to produce great fruit. It's going to come alive in us. It's going to transform us. It's going to help us. It's going to answer questions. It's going to enable us, Father God, to, to be big on the inside so that we can walk out these double doors today and, and walk out in victory, walk out, Father God, ready and able to deal with life as it comes. And so, Father, thank you for this opportunity. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise, for you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said, Amen. Welcome to part two, which was originally a two-part series that now is a four-part series. Um, there's just a lot to say on this subject. Welcome to part two, Run Toward the Fight. Um, I explained last week where that title came from, and let me explain again. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, it goes in seasons. I mean, church, you know, seasons of uh, anybody's life, seasons where life is good, seasons where life is challenging. As we said last week, you know, all of us find ourselves between amen and there it is. All of us find ourselves on that continuum where we're believing God for something. Uh, maybe it hasn't manifested yet, but somewhere in that continuum, you find yourself doing well, not so good, stuck. And it's in that kind of atmosphere where, you know, I... I pray for you on a regular basis. Our staff prays for you regularly. Sometimes you wonder why, as a partner, uh, we take your picture, and, um, and that's so we can get to know you. But uh, the, a big reason for it is so that I can, when I pray for you, I can pray over pictures. So when your face comes up before me, when I'm praying for you, there are times where I'll pray something that I know, pray in the spirit of something that I don't know, bless you, whatever the case may be, be reminded of things going on in people's lives. And uh, there's a lot of people here at IFC going through the battle of their lives. So a lot of people right now being challenged like they've never been challenged before. Their hearts are overwhelmed. Their minds are overwhelmed. The, the, the report that they've gotten and the things that are going on inside their family, inside their finances, and, and that opens up our heart. So you've got to understand something. We take very serious each service. The songs that you sang today were, were done intentionally because they're going to match perfectly with the message today. See, we do our very best to make sure we don't come in here and just say, well, let's just flip a coin and nah, the wind's going this way today. Let's just see what happens. Uh, no, God is much more intentional than that. The Holy Spirit is very intentional. So this morning's message is very intentional today. Um, and it needs to be. And if you're brand new, it might kind of like, wow, freak you out a little bit. If you've been here a long time, it's going to be exactly what you need. Because when you're in the middle of the battle, or you just came out of one, or you're probably going to be going into one not too soon, amen, you need to know what God's Word has to say. And so I'm on the phone talking to a young man, 
two little babies, not very long married, got the report that no one wants to hear. He's overwhelmed by this report, doesn't know if he has the goods to deal with what he just heard and what's happening inside of his body. He's doubting himself. He's, he's like, Pastor, how, how do I do this? I, I haven't been around the things of God that long. And so I'm encouraging him and, and helping him bring perspective. And that's what I do. And, and to take the big mountain and, and get a bunch of molehills and that we can have a strategy to, to attack this thing. And, uh, and, and one of the comments that I make is, and I told him, you need to run toward the fight. Yeah. It's an attitude. Yeah. It's a made up mind. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we, we need a, God's word is we raise it up as a standard against what, what comes against us in, in the race that we're running, in the fight that we're fighting. And, and you don't have to be a child of God very long or a follower of Christ very long to know that we, we oftentimes, this is a fight that we're in. The enemy's not happy that, that you don't belong to him any longer, that Jesus is your Lord and, and, and your heavenly Father you know, lives inside of you and you are, are, are on, on purpose living out your dream and desire and growing in God. And so today is this message and, and it's, it's, it's pretty strong. It's going to be a reminder to you, amen, what happens in the fight. And, and really it's a lifestyle, this message, but to some of you it might not yet be a lifestyle. And so, and so when you're in the middle of the battle, there's a certain attitude that you're going to have to have. When you're running to the fight, there's a certain attitude that you're going to have to definitely have. It's definitely less challenging to be strong in faith and say all the right words when everything is calm and peaceful right? But man, when a storm of, you, of, the, of your life comes your way, it changes everything. These storms have a way of really determining what we're made out of. I told you before, pressure doesn't produce. Pressure doesn't make you or break you. It just reveals the real you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'll say it again. Amen. Maybe you didn't get it. But pressure doesn't make you or break you. It just reveals the real you. It reveals the cracks. It reveals weaknesses or it reveals strength. Pressure is the great revealer. Storms are the great revealer. Battles are a great revealer of really what's on the inside of us. Not to blow us away, but to get our attention to say, whoa, okay, I need to fix this. I, I need to fix this. I'm doing good over here. I'm not doing so good over here. And we need to understand how true that is. So these storms, they stretch us. And, and our times, during these times, it's extremely important. Always it is, but especially during these storms that we stand for firm, and we are very careful about what we say. Storms tempt us to say and do all kind of things that we normally would not do when there was no, or where, where there was no storm, right? So I want to talk to you today, amen, about speak faith, not fear. Speak faith, not fear. Let's deal with fear today. And let's, let's deal with the words that we should be saying, the lifestyle we should be experiencing so that we can live in a consistent uh, level of victory. Now, here's our big takeaway. It's a reminder. Your mouth and your words belong to you. You can always choose to speak what will please God and benefit you. That sounds so simple, but it's so profound. 
your mouth and your words belong to you. See, the mouth always wants to give expression um, out of our soul and, and spurt out everything that we think and feel. Wow. But, but in times like this, we need to go deeper. And we need to get beyond what we think and feel emotionally. And we, we really need to understand the importance of always, but especially during these times, to agree with God and say what He says. Amen. Amen. The Word of God teaches us to hold fast to the confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews 4.14. This is the amplified version. Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. So let's all get on the same page. It's not a message per se about confession or, or declaring God's word. It's, it's in part yes, but let's just de- determine what does it mean, this word confession? Confession means to declare a thing in order to establish or confirm it. To declare a thing in order to establish or confirm it means a true confession is an authoritative spiritual proclamation. Confession is saying what God has already said. Now keep that in mind, write it down, take a snapshot of it, because this is important. I'm going to build on this today. This is so true and so amazing how important this is. That means no matter what our situation looks like, no matter how it feels, no matter what's going on around us, we need to learn and we can speak faith and not fear. This doesn't mean that we deny our circumstances, but we do deny its right to rule over us. Amen. There are certain things that are way beyond our control, but we can control what they do to me, what they do to you. You can control whether or not this battle, this bad news, this challenge, this difficulty, this overwhelming season, amen, you can determine whether or not it will control you or rule over you. Amen. See, if we believe that words have power, and they do, then it's easily to understand why it's very important to maintain a good confession of faith in Jesus Christ in all circumstances. Amen. Why? Because fear comes to every person. It seems to be the first emotion we feel when things in our lives get beyond our control. Am I in the right room today? Absolutely. All of us deal with this. Amen. Every one of us. It happened to the Del Turco household. A perfect example in 2008, after my wife had surgery, um, she was having a very difficult time breathing. It, it was not good. We immediately uh, rushed her to the emergency room and, and only to come to find out that she had a double pulmonary embolism in her lungs. I can tell you for sure Fear came. Fear came. Fear was on the doctor's faces. Fear was on the nurse's faces. Fears were on the attendant faces. I mean, the amount of attention that she got and the amount of, uh, amount of action they went into, um, it, it caused us all the more to fear. Fear was the first, first emotion we felt. I wish I could tell you faith was the first emotion. 
Or faith was the first reaction. The first reaction at that point in time, fear came on us. Fear came on Verna. Fear came on me. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who came to her rescue and gave her the perfect verse to believe and confess by faith. In those moments of fear, the word of the Lord came to her. 1 John 3, 8, the second part of that verse in the Amplified, this is actually classic Amplified. It says, the reason the Son of God was manifest visible, the reason why I came to the earth, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. Is that the most perfect verse or what? Amen. Amen. This verse became her weapon. This verse became what she did. We knew we had to run to the fight. Why? Because an assassination attempt was happening in the Del Turco household. There was an assassination attempt against my wife. There was an assassination attempt against International Family Church. When one of us are attacked, we're all attacked. Right? It's what the Bible says. We need to recognize that. And there was all hands on deck. We got doctors in our congregation involved. And we, we, I mean, this was prayer and standing our ground. Absolutely. So remember, confession is saying what God has already said. Right? Amen. So Verna declared by faith what God had already said. And the more she declared this verse, amen, the more it was established and confirmed in her heart. Amen. Her confession became an authoritative spiritual proclamation. And you know my wife already has a lot of fire. But when that verse rose up inside of her heart, you got to know she grabbed a hold of that thing and she was bold about it. While fear might have been the first response, it was not the last response. Amen. And while fear might be your first response, it must never be the last response. Amen. And so she began to declare. And here is something like what she would say over and over again. I would hear her. She would say, Father, your word says that the reason your son came to this earth was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Therefore, I declare by faith today that these blood clots are destroyed, loosened, and dissolved in the name of Jesus. Amen. This word of God became an authority, a spiritual authoritative proclamation. Man, she declared war. She was running towards the fight. We were running towards the fight. This is only one of many things that, that the Lord instructed her to do. See, Satan tries to take advantage of us when we're emotionally vulnerable right? Man, we didn't expect that. We didn't expect to hear that. We didn't expect your husband to come home and say that, or you to discover something that was hidden, or you to discover this or that, or what your kids said, or, or the report from school, or whatever the case may be. And that makes us oftentimes emotionally vulnerable. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. And he bombards our mind with fearful thoughts. And, and I don't have any secret uh, to tell you today. That, that keeps fearful thoughts from coming. But what I do know that they, that you don't have to receive them as your own, amen, and then speak them out of your mouth. While the thoughts are real, while the feelings are real, you don't have to take ownership of them. In fact, I'd highly recommend that you don't. 
Amen. That you don't take ownership of those words, but you take ownership of God's word and you personally declare this word, these words, this image, this truth, this fact, this report will not dominate me. It will not overtake me. Amen. Because I serve a God that tells me otherwise. Amen. Remember again, what was our big takeaway? Your mouth and your words belong to who? You. Just because they're there, running crazy in your mind doesn't mean you have to speak them. They're your words. Nobody forces you to say something that is not good for you. Your mouth and your words belong to you, and you can always choose, always choose amen, to speak what pleases God and benefits you. Amen. Amen. So your mouth and your words belong to you. How true that is. A few examples. Matthew 6, 31. This is how it usually works. Don't worry and be anxious saying. See, worry, fear, anxiety comes first. And then what happens? We're very much tempted to say exactly how we feel. Here's what it says. Saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to have to eat? And what are we going to have to drink? And what are we going to have to wear? And speak out your worry and speak out your anxiety. It's usually the case. Worry comes and then we speak it out. Amen. And all that does is fan the flame of the very thing you don't want to be on fire. Amen. It's true. So we have to understand something. That the psalmist David said, what time I am afraid... I will trust in you. What was he doing? He he admitted that he felt fear. Amen. And then what did he do? He felt fear. And then he he declared, though, that his trust was in God in the midst of it. Amen. Amen. You get that? See, the phrase fear or not is throughout the Bible. And it means to resist fear and don't let it control your actions. Fear is the mother of all spirits. It's, it's the master spirit, if you will. And from that spawns worry and cares and anxiety and depression and everything else. It is the master spirit. That's why it's so effective. That's why the devil uses it so, so uh, uh, often because he knows how real it is. And it brings torment. It brings frustration and, and so on. And it's overwhelming. Amen. We can act in faith while we still fear, feel fear. We began to act in faith even though right there in the emergency room, we were feeling fear. As I said, it was everywhere here. It was everywhere in the room. The report, they, they got to give you the worst report possible. They got to cover all their bases. And, and, and we understood. And so we started making some phone calls and bringing in some reinforcements and, and so forth. And we understood that people can die from this and they have died from this. And we understand that, that this thing can happen. And, and the only acceptable attitude that God's children ever have toward fear is, I will not fear. Amen. Amen. You need to get used to saying it. Say it with me. I will not fear. See, you need to say it even when there's no fear to be had. Right? We say it over and over as part of our declaration of our faith. 
See, I, I recently went and had my yearly checkup, and the doctor typically says to me, you have boring health. <laughs> and I say, hallelujah, exactly right. You'll get that eventually, what that means, boring health. Amen. And that's a joy because why? I'm on no medication. I, I've got my, my heartbeat, my, my blood pressure. I mean, it's amazing. And why do I say that? I give all the honor and glory to God for it. Absolutely. Amen. But do you realize I still have, I still read and declare my healing scriptures every day? You say, Pastor, why do you do that? You're, you're not sick. Hello. <laughs> right? Exactly. Amen. So that when sickness tries to come my way, I've already been in this wonderful, consistent habit of declaring my health. Amen. Because I'd rather have health than need healing. Amen. Right? You can walk in health. Amen. God's word declares it. So I declare a bunch of things over my life and my family way before I need them so that when fear attacks, I've been so used to talking about what I will not fear that guess what comes out of my mouth? Faith in the word of God that I will not fear because I've been declaring it when I'm fear free. I hope you get that. That's a whole subject within itself. Amen. Remember, your mouth and your words belong to you. Amen. Right? Your mouth and your words belong to you. If you let fear rule your life, it will steal your peace and joy and prevent you from fulfilling your destiny. I love Psalm 118.6. I love this. It says what? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You hear the attitude there? You hear the made-up mind there? You hear the I double-dog dare you there, right? You, you, you feel that in there? See, that's the attitude that we have to live by. That's the attitude that we must make it a lifestyle. And many of you need to be reminded of this or be taught the very first time about this, or others need to recognize that this is something you must have in the middle of the battle. Amen. Few things in our Christian walk will benefit us more than simply falling in love with God's Word. There's a lot of things that would benefit your walk with God, but there's nothing better than falling in love with God's Word. Nothing better than reading it every day and studying it and making it a part of your everyday lifestyle. Amen. Hearing it and reading it. and Man, I, I'm grateful that my wife, from the, from the very beginning, her, her, her part of her discipline was always in the morning I would hear her reading God's Word and hear her making her declarations of, and her confessions of faith over herself and over me and over our family and so forth. But when you love God's Word, you see, because I love my wife, I hang out with her. I don't love her and ignore her. That wouldn't won't go over very well, right? I love you, honey, and she can't find me, right? I like being around her. You like being around the people that you love. Well, when you love God's Word, guess what? You don't ignore God's Word. You don't only go there in crises only. You, don't, you, you read it on a regular basis. You abide in His Word, and His Word abides in you, and you can ask what you want. Amen. It'll be given to you because God's Word is living in your heart. Amen. I challenge you, if you're not reading God's Word every day, you need to. It will save your life one day. 
You need to. It's a lifestyle. It helps you. It helps you grow. It renews your mind. It settles your heart. Amen. And it's so, so important. Now, why is this so important to love God's Word? Well, it's important on many levels, but we, we must know God's Word so that we can form a habit of aggressively talking back to the devil. What? Yeah, I never let the devil have the last word. Now, in my marriage, it always got me in trouble. <laughs> Having to have the last word. Right, husbands? Husbands are always so spiritual in church, especially when your wives are sitting next to you, right? Amen. Right, wives? You always want the last word. And man, it gets you in trouble. Just let it go already, right? Let it go. But here, you don't let it go. Here's where you can have the last word, and it'll be okay. Amen. It'll be okay. Anytime these words of fear and intimidation and what's going to happen to you and so forth. Man, I never let that be the last word. I always respond. I always respond to that feeling or that nudge or that sense or that, that thought that goes through my mind or whatever. I don't know about you, but it's, it's a lifestyle for me. And, and I'm, 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 I'm bold about it. I'm not afraid to just talk out loud in the middle of the room. I might just say, oh, that's you lying devil. That's not true. That's not going to happen to me. Amen. I don't, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. Do you talk back to the television? I do. My wife does. All those crazy commercials come on and what's going to happen to you when you do this and that and what's coming down the pike and all these kind of things. And if you're not careful, man, you'll, you'll let all that stuff come on you. At any given moment, you'll hear my wife saying, well, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Never let the devil, never let those thoughts that are trying to undermine your faith be the last word. Amen. When he says something to you, you say something back. Anytime doubt, worry, fear, anxiety comes upon you, I'm afraid or I'm worried or I'm so full of doubt or uh, you need to respond, I will not fear. My trust is in the Lord. It's a lifestyle. You might think it's weird. Your friends might think it weird. Amen. But when you are living long and healthy and strong, let them think what they want. Amen. Let them think what they want. Amen. I make, I will not fear a part of my daily confession. Amen. Whether I'm, like I said, whether I'm full of fear or not, so that it's an easy thing for me to, to be prepared and ready um, when the attack might come. Amen. Hebrews 11.6 is a verse of scripture that's challenged me for uh, many years. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, I, I, I want to please him. I, I, as a child of God, I, I want to make sure my heavenly father is pleased. 38 years ago, this verse challenged me, came alive to me. Um, it set my focus on wanting to live a lifestyle of faith and a lifestyle that pleases God. It still, to this day, challenges me on a regular basis and challenges me to keep my faith growing and keep it active and keep it alive. And I want to challenge you to either start your journey of faith or even remind you of your journey of faith because you need to please God. Now notice it doesn't say there um, that, that, that um, but without love, it's impossible to please Him. How many know love is important? How many know it doesn't say, but without hope, it's impossible to please Him? Hope is important, right? Man, those are the three big ones, faith, hope, and love. Um, but it says what? Faith is 
what is important. Faith is, without it, you can't please him. So years ago, taking this serious, I, I said, Lord, help me understand this word faith. And he gave me this definition that I've used for years. Amen. Some of you can repeat it. Faith is believing God's word is true, no matter what any other information source may reveal. Amen. I got that. That made sense to me. That came alive to me. I'm going to have faith that pleases God. That means I need to believe God's word above any other information source, above what any other something someone tells me, something I feel, something I'm going through, something that's, that's the fact that's, that's there that I cannot deny. Amen. Absolutely not. See, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Whining doesn't please God. <laughs> Complaining doesn't please God. Being moved by what I see or feel doesn't please God. Amen. Amen. Believing God's word is true, no matter what any other information source may reveal, that pleases God. Amen. Standing firm, immovable, amen, stable when all my surroundings are unstable, that pleases God. Amen. amen. I, I know what I see and what I feel, amen, but I choose to let God's word have the final authority in my life. That pleases God. Amen. How many here want to please God today? Amen. That's about 25% of you. That's good. I'm glad the rest of you are in church today. <laughs> Jeremiah. I love this verse. 23, 28. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. Isn't that good? Speak it faithfully. Man, if you got God's word on the inside of you, speak it faithfully. Whatever word's on the inside of you, you will speak it faithfully, by the way, whether it's God's word or not. Whatever word is in your heart, you will speak it faithfully. But that's why we need to make sure God's word is in our heart so we can speak it faithfully as a husband, as a wife, as a businessman, businesswoman, parent, on and on it goes, college students. We want to make sure that you speak God's word faithfully. Why? Because God says what? He watches over his word to what? Performance. You want to make sure God's word is in your life and God's word's coming out of your mouth. Amen. We need to be faithful to, to recognize how true that is. Now, here's, here's the problem that I see. Listen very carefully. We need to get rid of the mixture. What do we mean by that? We need to be faithful to the principles of God. Don't think you can have a little faith and a little fear and still come out victorious doesn't work. Trust me, as I was learning these processes and learning and getting my mind renewed to a whole nother way of living and experiencing and declaring and getting this mind of mine renewed. And I've told you before, I'm Italian. I like my emotions. Don't mess with my emotions. I like feeling things. So I'm a feeler to begin with right? But I've had to learn that even in the midst of all my feelings, to not let my feelings be the bottom line. Yeah. Am I in the right room? Yeah. So when I'm going through this, I, I, I tended to have it down pat in front of people. I would say all the right things. But it wouldn't be long and behind closed doors when I got back to reality, if you will, or got back to my circumstances that I was in. Man, it never failed the very thing that I said a little while before that was now the very opposite. Where I was speaking faith, now I was speaking fear. And where I was speaking negative words, 
positive words, now I'm, I'm speaking negative words. And while I, 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 I'm not letting God's word be my final authority, now my feelings are my final authority. So it was no surprise, no surprise that I had no power, no surprise that, 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 that joy was not consistent, that victory was not consistent, that I was all over the map you know, doing a roller coaster merry-go-round thing as far as my feelings and my emotions. And as you, as you might ex- believe and understand and imagine, man, I had no chance to have consistent victory because I was all over the map, right? All over the map. I needed to be consistent to be faithful with the Word of God that I was learning. I needed to be faithful to put myself in that place to be consistent with my words. And I work really hard to be consistent in general in my life. And I'm not a screamer and a yeller. And I'm, it takes a lot for me to get all riled up. And if you get me yelling, man, you, you, you're a pro at what you do. Because <laughs> it takes a lot to get me there. You can see, ask my staff. They're not wondering which pastor shows up you know, on a Tuesday morning. I mean, I'm pretty consistent, and I'm, I've worked hard to be consistent in my marriage and my leadership and my family and my children and so forth, and by no means am I perfect, so please don't try to make it happen, <laughs> right? My redemption has limitations. <laughs> Amen. Remember, your mouth and your words belong to who? They belong to you. They belong to me. Amen. So words are a big deal. They really are. They're a big deal. They are containers for power, and we have to decide what kind of power we want ours to carry. It's a, it's a, it's a done deal, the fact, and there's no debate that words carry power. It all depends which words and what power you want working for you. Mm. Wow. Amen. So here's the key. Let me close with this. Psalm 119, verse 30 and 112. I want to remind you of something. It says here, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have what? Set my heart on your laws. Verse 112 says, what? My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. There's another verse of Scripture we find in the New Testament in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. What? Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Amen. We've got to set our hearts. Set our hearts. A perfect example of this is, is when the Apostle Paul began to minister to his spiritual son, Timothy. Timothy was overwhelmed. He's a young pastor. Probably 25,000 people are estimated in his church at Ephesus. And he's overwhelmed as a young pastor. Do I have what it takes? And he's overwhelmed by that responsibility. Now Christians are being taken out of their homes and being persecuted and killed because of their stand for Christ. Peter, excuse me, Timothy gets very much overwhelmed by fear. His spiritual father knows about this. And he says to him in 1 Timothy, he tells him, he says he, what, he needs to fan the flame, stir up the gift within him. See, Paul knew something about his family because Paul ate at his table. He knew his grandmother and he knew his mother. And he knew the sincere faith, the Bible says, that was implanted at him in him at a very young age. 
So he was reminding him, you got to stir up that thing. Stir up, fan the flame, and stir the gift within you of what your grandmother deposited in you and what your mother deposited in you. Amen. And he understood, and he said, basically he was saying, you need to set your heart. Set your heart, Timothy. The longer we allow fearful thoughts, the tighter the grip becomes, the more torment there is. And if we talk about our fears, we are actually fanning the flame of our fears. We're making our fears worse by talking about them. I mean, just frivolously to whoever. I mean, there are times where you confide in a husband or a wife or a leader or a friend that can give you good counsel or a pastor, and, and you declare certain things to, because life is real and you want some help. Amen. And so the more we talk about the goodness of God, the more we talk about God's goodness, His faithfulness to us in the past, the privilege of living by faith today, we fan the flame of our faith and it stays alive and powerful, and it sets our hearts on what we know. Amen. Some of you need to set your heart today. Your heart's all over the map. Your mind's all over the place. And I get it. Been there, done that. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. I know it's true. But you got to set your heart, and you got to set your heart on God's Word. you got to set your heart on what is truth. And we don't automatically stay strong in faith. Just because you were strong in faith five years ago doesn't mean you'll stay strong in faith today. And there are times when we have to stir up our faith and remind ourselves, because faith comes by hearing, not having heard. It's not a one-time event. This is something we do on a regular basis. If you were here on day one in November of 1981 and you heard me preach along these lines, 38 years later, I haven't changed the message because the message is true. 38 years we've been consistent. 38 years we've been standing our ground. 38 years we've been living by faith. 38 years we've been doing this. Why? My point is you don't try this and quit. You don't try. I didn't get any results, right? That didn't work. That's not true. Well, that didn't pay off tithing. That didn't work doing this. That's not work. See, this is something you do. It's a long-term investment. It's not something you do for a week or for a month or you stop once the crises pass. This is something that you do as a lifestyle. And I'm sure Timothy was doing too much negative thinking and had forgotten his rich heritage of faith. Amen. And Paul had to remind him. Listen, sometimes we need someone to interrupt our negative talk and help us get back on track. That's what today's message is all about. Sometimes we need to lovingly remind others of the power of their words. Amen. I am not a proponent of bringing back the, the, the confession police. Right? We're all afraid to say anything. It's a little... Di- no, we're not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about outside of your circle. I'm talking about your family, your friends, people that you're close to, people that you've opened up your life to. Amen. We need to be led by the Spirit of God and not bombard people. But there are times in certain seasons where we just need to lovingly remind the people that we love, do you really want that? Do you really want your son to turn out that way? 
Do you really want your father to be a loser? Do you really want that kind of marriage? Do you really want to live that way? Do you really want what you're saying? Because what you say, you get a harvest off. And do you like the harvest in your life right now? If you don't, then change your words and change your seed and change your harvest. Amen. I'm helping some folks today. Amen. Then finally, Paul tells Timothy what? 2 Timothy 1.7. You should know this by heart today. And if not, get it a part of your life. It says this. Timothy says, maybe I didn't give it to him. First, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given you what? But of what? Power. Love. Sound mind. That's a, that's a, that's a, a mirror worthy scripture. That's a refrigerator worthy scripture, right? Second Timothy 1 7 absolutely is one that you need to know and believe. And when you're running toward the fight, make sure you're speaking faith and not fear. Amen. And make sure you're speaking faith and not fear so you can run to the fight, so you're not running away from the fight. So you're thinking the fight's all over. I've lost already. Amen. No, when you run toward the fight, speak faith, not fear. What was our takeaway? Amen. Your mouth and your words belong to who? You. And you can always choose to speak what will please God and benefit you. The choice is yours. Did you learn something today? Amen. God bless you. Come on. Just trying to help you today. Let's stand to our feet today. Oh, let's raise those hands towards heaven today. Oh, Father, we love you. We bless you. Oh, Father, we set our hearts on you right now. Whatever adjustment we have to make today, Father God, it's good to be in God's house today. It's good to get some strong medicine today. And Father, this message was by no means in any way to bring condemnation on anyone or make anyone feel bad. That's not the motive of this. It's to remind us, set your heart. We set our hearts today. And if our heart's not set, if our heart is set on the wrong thing today, we make the adjustment in our heart. Forgive me, Father, for setting my heart on worry and setting my heart on fear, setting my heart on this and that. Lord, I, I, I set my heart on you. I set my heart on your word. And we can make the adjustment today. Because you're going to leave these double doors today and you're going to walk back into those circumstances. You're going to walk back into those feelings. You're going to walk back into that environment. And you need to be reminded today to speak faith, not fear. However we can help you. There are so many materials online and, 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 and you can get into an online and all of our messages are archived and it's loaded with, with all kind of absolute necessity truth that'll help you overcome today. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit inclfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.